If you have your Bible this morning and want to read some of the scriptures that the Lord has placed on my heart, I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of Luke, chapter 2, and we're going to read this morning, beginning with the 21st verse. So Luke, chapter 2, beginning with the 21st verse. When you got it, say amen. Amen. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And you remember that story, how that Gabriel, the angel, appeared to the Virgin Mary and said, Blessed art thou among women, and told her how that she would conceive, and that his name would be called Jesus, for he would save his people. So his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the eight days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him before the Lord, to present Jesus before the Lord, their new child. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now, Pay particular attention from here down. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel or waiting for the manifestation of the Messiah to come. He waited for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him, unto Simon, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. What he's saying is, you have fulfilled your word to me. You have let me see what you said that I would be able to see. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel, or the crown prince of thy people Israel. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. We're going to just stop reading right there. And I ask that you bow your heads and we're going to pray together. And ask the Lord for his help and for his anointing in ministering his word. All right, Heavenly Father, 
We are a grateful people this morning that we have opportunity to come together in common faith. We are a grateful people this morning that we have the privilege to gather here in your name to worship you in spirit and in truth, to worship you with our singing and to worship you with our attendance unto the word. We come to the reading of your word this morning, Heavenly Father, and I would simply pray that you would enable me to be an effective minister of your word. I confess openly of my own self, I can do nothing. In my own ability, I am nothing. But if you will bless me to be a blessing, and if you will anoint me to be a blessing to these your people, if you will use me as an instrument in your hand, put your word in my mind, in my mouth, in my heart, and let those words this morning, I pray, come forth under the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Let it pierce not only our ear, but our heart. Let it be embedded in our spirit and let it draw us closer and in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. I pray above all things, Father, that you would glorify the name of your Son and that you would edify these, your people. And Father, for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful and we will always give you the praise and give you the glory for it. And we ask it in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement said amen. So I want to title my message this morning, Promise Potential. Promise Potential. First of all, let me just begin by telling you that there is a potential for a miracle in every promise that God has given to us. Let that sink in for just a moment. There is the potential for a miracle for every promise that God has given to us. In other words, every promise that God has made within that promise, there is the potential for that miracle to come about in our life. It doesn't happen automatically because we have to approach that promise by faith. Can you say amen? But in the promise, there is a potential for a miracle in our lives. Secondly, let me tell you this morning that the scriptures are filled with promises from God. Amen. I, I remember when I was growing up in the church, we used to sing a song called Every Promise in the Book is Mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. How many of you know there are a lot of promises within the word of God? As a matter of fact, there's one person who counted and said that there are 3,573 promises. Now, I, I can't attest to that. I didn't count them. But I, I, I believe and, and trust the individual's uh, uh, account, 3,573 promises in the Word. And how many of you know the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 20 that all of the promises of God are yes and amen? 
to them that believe. All of the promises that he has made us is yea and amen. In other words, God is more than willing to do what he has said that he would do. There are so many promises in his word, thousands of promises, and they each one have the potential to become a reality in our life. Lots of promises, lots of potential. But let me also tell you this morning that for every promise, the enemy will put up a roadblock. For every promise... There will be some roadblock of unbelief. For every promise, there will be some obstacle of discouragement that the enemy will try to stand in our way and keep us from enjoying the blessings that God desires for us to enjoy. Yes, every promise in the book is mine. Every promise, every chapter, every book, every line. But that does not mean that the enemy is not going to try to put up a roadblock and keep you from inheriting the promise of God. Beloved, overcoming roadblocks and overcoming obstacles to achieve God's very best for us and for our life is what promise potential is all about. Every single promise God has made has potential to become a reality in our heart and in our life. And when God began to put this word upon my spirit, I couldn't help but think, I wonder how many times uh, that we have missed out on God's bless, uh, amen, or God's best because we diverted, uh, amen, because the enemy put up a roadblock. Uh, I couldn't help but wonder how often we have missed out on God's promises and missed out upon God's blessing in our life because we got sidetracked. Couldn't help but wonder how often that we've missed out on God's promises because we allowed ourselves to become overwhelmed by unbelief. Whoa. I couldn't help but think, uh, I wonder how many times that we have missed out on God's blessing because we begin to walk in the natural instead of in the supernatural or we begin to walk by sight and not by faith or we allow the flesh to get in the way, amen, and we begin to allow the flesh to deter us from the promise of God. How many of you here this morning need a miracle in your life? Maybe you need an emotional miracle. Maybe you need a spiritual miracle. Maybe you need a financial miracle. Maybe you need God to intervene in your health. Whatever the situation is, I am here to tell you that there is a promise uh, in the word of God, amen, where God has promised that he would, that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen. Amen. And in that promise that God has made, there is the potential to be a miracle in your life. Every promise that God has made, amen, there is the potential. And I couldn't help but wonder how often that the potential of his promise got derailed by something. 
I wonder how often the promises of God and the potential in the promise has got derailed or, or, or uh, kept from becoming a reality in our life. And the question this morning that is burning upon my heart is how can we turn the potential of his promise into a reality? Have you ever stopped to think, God, how can I get the potential of that promise to become a reality in my life? We often read the promises. Amen. We often read the promises, but how can we get it to become a reality in our life and not just a potential reality? And I believe that Simon's life or Simeon's life reveals that to us this morning. I believe the, the, the scriptures that we have read this morning reveal that to us. And, and with that question in our mind, how can we take the promise from the realm of reality and make it the realm of reality, amen, in our heart or in our life? With that question in mind, let's look at the life and the promise and the fulfillment that God gave to Simeon. The first thing that I want you to notice this morning about this man, Simeon. We read the story together. We read the text. He had received a promise from God that he would not see death until he had seen the salvation of Israel. He had received a promise of the Lord that he would not taste death, but that he would see the reality of the Messiah in his life. So how did he, how did he bring that about? How did it happen in his life? Look at verse number 25. The first thing that I notice that is noted about Simeon is the fact that the Bible says in verse number 25, and the same man was a just and devout man. He was just and devout. Let's break that down for just a moment. The Greek word for just is dikaios. It means that he had an innocent and a holy character. It means that he walked uprightly before the Lord. It means that he was righteous in the sight of God. This gives us this morning an insight into the kind of person that he was. He was a just man, an upright man in the sight of God. He was righteous, which simply means that he had God's approval. Righteousness just simply means that we have the approval of God. How many of you know this morning how we can obtain the approval of God? We can obtain the approval of God not by our good works, but we obtain the approval of God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He is our approval. Amen. Not anything that we have done. It is not of works, lest any man should boast, but it is a gift of God. 
Amen. I'm going to tell you something this morning. The first thing that I believe that we need to do in order to have the potential of God's promises become a reality in our life is we need to call upon the name of the Lord and put our trust and our hope in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him cleanse us. Let him wash us. And let him give us, amen, the approval of God in our life. He was a righteous man. He had God's approval. In other words, he was a man of character. He was a man of integrity. I submit to you this morning that the first step in turning the promises of God into a reality in our life is having a man, a relationship and an approval from God in our life. Amen. I'm here to tell you this morning, we need to have dikaios or we need to live our life in such a manner that is holy and righteous and in a way that is upright and pleasing before the Lord. How many of you know integrity in our day and time is a lost virtue? We need to have some men and women that have integrity and character, amen, in the sight of God. Hmm. Amen. Now, let me just tell you this morning that integrity is not who is not what other people think you are. Integrity is what you really are. Amen. Oft, often we put on, often we put on air, or we put on this face mask of somebody that this is who we want people to think we are. And when we are all by ourselves, oh y'all don't really want me to preach that, <laughs> right? When we are all by ourselves, Amen. We have a tendency to be someone else. That's not integrity. Integrity is that you are the same, amen, in public as you are in private. Amen. We need to have a just spirit before the Lord, not just in our own sight or just because of our own actions, but we need to have a humble relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and allow his life, his fruit to become part of our life. Not just in public, but even in private. Can you say amen? When, when we delight ourselves in the Lord and we delight ourselves in his way, the scripture declares that he will give us the desires of our heart. Let me say that again. When we delight ourselves in the Lord and we delight ourselves in his way, then the scripture says he will give us the desires of our heart. Where does it say that, Pastor Gary? Turn with me, turn with me there to Psalms chapter 37, verse number four. Psalms chapter 37, verse number four. It says, delight thyself in the Lord. Delight thyself in the Lord. What does it mean to delight ourselves in the Lord? Let me use a, an example of children. 
many of you have parents and our back room is crowded with little ones and, 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 and little children. How many of you are simply delighted when they behave themselves? Right? When they, when they do what is expected of them, when it is expected of them, and they have a right attitude and a right spirit, are you not simply delighted in them? I mean, you know, even, even if they've done something wrong and you correct them, if they have a right attitude, you're like, okay, that's all right. We'll go from here. Just don't do it again. Hello? Well, that's what God is talking about. He said, delight yourself in the Lord. Do the things, be the thing that God is pleased with. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, Psalms 37 verse 4 said, And he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Amen. Look at Psalms 145. Psalms 145. Verse number 18. Again, Psalms 145, verse number 18. And this is what it said. The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. Uh, listen to that. To all that call upon him in truth. Uh, he will fulfill the desires of them that fear or reverence him. In other words, beloved, when we delight ourselves in the Lord and we are walking uprightly in the sight of God, amen, God has promised that he would give us the desires of our heart. How many of you have some desires? Some things that you would like to see God accomplish in your life. Amen. The first step to seeing the potential of the promise become a reality is to walk uprightly before the Lord. To walk in such a manner that is pleasing unto God. The second thing that I see here in this scripture is the Bible said that he was not only just, but he was devout. He was not just, he didn't just have God's approval, but he was just and devout. That's what our text says in verse 25, that he was just and devout. He was devout, meaning that he had a devotion unto God. If we want the promises of God to come alive in our life, then we too must live a devoted life unto the Lord. Can you listen this morning and say that we are devoted to God, amen, or are we half in and half out? I'm here to tell you, God, amen, is looking for a people that is committed unto him. Devoted to him. Today in the world that we live in, there are many that are devoted to the things of the world and they are devoted to their own desires and we live in a generation today that is much like the Pharisees that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 15 and verse number eight. And this is what he said, this people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In other words, God doesn't just want lip service but God is looking for devotion 
He's looking for a devoted heart. Jesus was saying, they honor me with their lips, but they are devoted to something else. And yet they still desire for me to fulfill my promises in their life. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the first step uh, in turning the potential of his promise uh, into a reality in our life uh, is to be just and devoted to our God. Just and devoted to our God. The second thing that stands out to me this morning, just and devoted are all in number one. The second thing that stood out to me as I looked at the life of Simeon was the fact that he waited. Look at verse 25 again. He waited for the consolation of Israel. He waited for the Messiah. No doubt that Simeon grew up all his life reading the prophets and reading the law and listening to the promise that there was coming a day when a Messiah would come. And the Bible says that he waited for the consolation of Israel. That speaks to my heart this morning. We can learn a lesson about waiting upon the Lord. Sometimes we pray and we anticipate that God is going to fulfill his promise right now. And it don't always happen that way. God made a, made a promise to Abraham and to Sarah and said, I'm going to visit Sarah and you're going to have a son. Amen. And he's going to come from your own loins. Abraham said, how can that be? Sarah is barren and now I'm an old man. And God said, amen, God said, I'm going to get, look at Genesis chapter 15 if you want to read it. God said this Eleazar is not going to be the one that inherits everything you have, Abraham. But as I live, I'm going to give you a son. And he made him a promise. And Abraham even put together a sacrifice and God came down and cut covenant with Abraham. Amen, there in Genesis chapter 15, God made him a promise. But. That promise was not fulfilled until 24 years later. I said, sometimes we need to wait. We need to learn how to wait. None of us like waiting. I remember when, when, I remember when my boys were small. I remember when they were little, my little DJ, my little redhead boy. We had a little, we had a little strawberry patch outside the kitchen door little strawberry patch out there, and I had to watch that boy like a hawk. Because every time I turn around, I mean, if the strawberries turned just the slightest color of red, he was picking them and eating, sitting out there in the strawberry patch. And I told him one day, I said, son, get out of that strawberry patch and leave them alone. Why, Dad? They're good. I said, they're not even ripe yet. If you think those are good, just wait. Just hang on. It wasn't that I didn't want him to enjoy the strawberries. It wasn't that I didn't want him to enjoy them. It just wasn't time yet. Amen. Sometimes, beloved, God gives us a promise and God speaks into our spirit and God gives us a word and then we have to learn how to patiently wait. Because God always does everything in the fullness of time. 
Amen. He does not operate on our schedule. Can you say amen? I have always said that God has never, amen, he is never late, but I've always added he has missed a lot of opportunities to be early. Right? But that's me. But I have learned that when I wait upon the Lord and I wait upon the promise of God and I hang on to the promise by faith uh, that when it comes, oh, how sweet it is. Amen. We need to learn oftentimes to learn how to wait upon the promise. Amen. This Simeon waited for the consolation of Israel. He waited for the promise. The promise of God's salvation had been given and it had not yet been fulfilled. The prophets foretold of it. And so he simply held on by faith and he never gave up and he never wavered and he continued to believe and he continued to trust in the Lord and he continued to wait upon God. Let me just tell you this morning that that's what we need to be like. We need to learn how to wait upon the Lord. One of the most powerful setting of scriptures in the word of God. And I love this setting of scripture. You'll find it in Isaiah chapter 40 in verse number 28. Beginning with that 28th verse. It's Isaiah 40 and beginning with that 28th verse. And this is what it says. Hast thou not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint and he does not grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. In other words, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He goes on to say, he, This everlasting God, this creator of the ends of the earth, he gives power to the faint and to them that has no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. Amen. They'll run, the old song said, and not be weary. Amen. I'm here to tell you we need to learn how to wait upon God's promises. Learn how to wait upon the promises of the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 11 says this, that he, God, he has made everything beautiful in his time. I came to tell you this morning that if God's made you a promise, don't let that promise get derailed out of your life. Don't abort that promise. Keep hanging on to the promises of God. Keep your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and keep living your life in such a manner that you are just and devout and you are waiting patiently on the Lord and I came to tell you he will not fail you he will not let you down amen child of God we need to hang on and wait for the promises to be fulfilled in our life Let us live our life in such a manner. The third thing that the Spirit speaks to my heart in our text, or the third thing that I am noted or that I noted about the character of Simeon is this. And it's found again in verse 25. 
It says in verse 25 of our text, it says, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And the same man was just and devout and waited for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Amen. He was not, he didn't just have the approval of God and he wasn't just devoted to God and he just wasn't waiting around for something to happen. The Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. He was a yielded vessel to the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God moved upon his life. He was close enough to God to have a revelation and revelation knowledge imparted unto him. And this is what the thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, yeah, the Holy Ghost was upon him, but you, son, live in a dispensation that the Holy Ghost isn't just upon you. He said, I come to be in you amen the Holy Spirit was just upon him and we have been filled with the anointing of the Holy Ghost and we have been filled with the Spirit of God and beloved he's not just on us he's in us Mm. hallelujah the scripture said when the Holy Spirit has come Look, verse number 26. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He got a revelation by way of the Holy Spirit. He lived in such a manner just and devoted and waited patiently upon the promises of God to the point where the Holy Spirit moved upon his life and gave him revelation. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Beloved, if we live our life yielded to the Holy Spirit, then the Bible declares to us that the Holy Ghost will show us things to come. How many of you believe that? How many of you have experienced that? I have. Amen. John chapter 16. This is what Jesus said. John chapter 16 and verse number 12. Beginning with that 12th verse. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you. But you cannot bear them right now. How be it? When the spirit of truth is come. How many of you know who the spirit of truth is? The Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father. He said, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth and he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. Hmm. Amen. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit desires to bring revelation into your life. And show you things to come. Show you things to come. Show you uh, the promises that are attainable. Show you the potential that's in the promise. Show you things to come. He shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine. And he shall show it unto you. 
Sometimes the Holy Spirit uh, reveals something to us and we're not even getting what he's saying. I've had it happen in my own life. I was in prayer one time. My wife and I, we had just entered ministry. I had been invited to go to Florida to hold revivals. And I was, my, my agenda was taking me from Cocoa, Florida to Melbourne, Florida. And then we were headed up to Norristown, Georgia. And, or we were going to Atlanta, Georgia, and then Norristown, Georgia. I was going to be preaching a week's revival at all of those places. I'm praying in my bedroom. I'm knelt praying one day before I left on that trip. And I'm praying, oh, God, help me to be a blessing. Help me to just know what to preach and anoint me. And God, help me to just be a blessing to the people of the God. And, and all of a sudden, the thought entered my mind, because at that time I wore a full beard. The thought entered my mind, what would you do if you have to shave off your beard? And I'm like, what, where in the world did that come from? I'm, get behind me, Satan, I'm trying to pray. Hello? I mean, I'm trying to seek the Lord. And it comes back to me again. What would you do if you had to shave off your beard to keep from being an offense? I'm like, well, I guess I'd shave it off. And I went back to praying. Never thought anything more about it. Holy Ghost was trying to show me something that was coming. I didn't even realize it. I went to Melbourne, Florida and preached. Went to Cocoa, Florida and preached. And then we went up to Atlanta, Georgia, amen, and preached. And, and while we were preaching in Atlanta, Georgia, another evangelist happened to be in my service. And he said, after the service, he said, can I have a word with you for a moment? And I said, Sure. He said, I really enjoyed the ministry, really enjoyed the message tonight. And he said, and I understand that you're going to Norristown, Georgia from here to hold a revival. I said, that's true. He said, well, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but they won't accept you there with your beard. I said, is that right? He said, yeah. He said, I don't know what they think. They plucked out of Jesus's face, but they think a beard is worldly and they will not let you in the pulpit with you wearing a beard. And I said, well, I guess I will just shave it off. And that's exactly what I did. I finished the revival in Atlanta. And then I went to a barber shop and went, okay. My wife had never seen me without a beard before. I went, to, I went into the barber shop and I said, well, trim it around the ears and take all that off, I reckon. When I got off the plane, my boys didn't even know who I was. I'm like loving up on my wife. And they're like, who in the world is that guy? Amen. What I'm saying this morning is the Holy Spirit wants to show us things to come. And he will show us things to come and give us revelation if we will allow him not to just move on our life, but move in our heart. Mm. Amen. Simeon, amen, was moved by the Holy Spirit and received a promise from the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit was just upon him, moved upon him. And I'm here to tell you this morning that we have the promise of the Father, the promise of, uh, of the Father available to us to live within our hearts this morning. The fourth thing, I got to move along. The fourth thing that, amen, I noted about Simeon's character, and it's in verse Number 27, he was led by the Spirit of God. Look at verse number 27. He wasn't just moved by the Spirit, but he was led by the Spirit. 
led by the Holy Spirit. Verse 27 says, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. What motivated Simeon to go into the temple that day? I don't know what he was doing. He may have been pruning his vineyard. He may have been doing laundry. He may have been doing just some everyday regular chore. The scripture doesn't tell us what he was doing, but it does tell us that at some moment in time, he became moved by the spirit of the living God that now is the time. Arise and go into the temple. He was spirit-led. He was led by the Holy Spirit. When Joseph and Mary brought that baby and they brought the baby Jesus into the temple, Simeon was led by the Spirit of God to arise and go into the temple. And I came to tell you this morning that if we are ever intended to have God's promises available to us and manifested in our life, we must be led by the Holy Spirit of God. We must be led by the Holy Ghost. We must be led by the Spirit. Psalms chapter 37 and verse number 23. The Bible said that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Saw Romans chapter 8 and verse number 19. This is what Paul said. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse number 21 says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying this is the way walk ye in it when you turn to the left and when you turn to the right in other words the prophet was saying there is coming a day there is coming a moment when you will hear a word in your spirit saying to the left and to the right and you'll literally be guided by the Holy Ghost Amen. We must be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. If we're not led by the Spirit of the Lord, we may have a promise and the promise get derailed because we're somewhere, amen, where we shouldn't have been and we should have been someplace else. We should have been listening to the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. But when we're led by the Holy Spirit, he'll lead us right into the fulfillment of the promises of God. Mm. The fifth thing that I want to bring to you this morning. So he's just, he's devout. The fifth thing that I want to bring to you this morning is that he believed. He believed. By faith, he saw not what was, but he saw what would be. Think about it for a moment this morning. He comes into the temple. Here is Joseph and Mary with the eight-day-old baby Jesus. And by faith, Simeon looks at that baby and says, I see a king. I, in the natural, I know it's just an infant. But I know that that is the fulfillment of God's promise. 
That baby didn't look like a king. It looked like an infant, a baby that needed to be cared for. But when Simeon looked to, amen, at that child, not in the natural, but he looked at it through the realm of the, of the, of, of, of the eyes of faith, he saw the tomorrow and he looked through the eyes of prophecy and he looked through the eyes of the prophetic and he said, I see the Messiah. He believed. Amen, I'm here to tell you this morning, we need to have faith and belief in God. When Simeon saw that child, the Bible said that he took him up in his arms and he began to bless God and he began to magnify the Lord. And he said, now let your servant depart for mine eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. Hmm. Amen, I've got what I've been waiting for. You can go ahead and take me home now. I got what I was looking for. Amen. All of the years of waiting were over. Amen. But it had to be revealed to him by faith. Amen. By faith, he stands holding the promise of God. By faith, he stands holding the promise of God. Beloved, every promise in God's word has the potential to become a reality in our heart, in our life. Every promise of God has the potential. It's not automatically going to happen in some instances. We have to walk justly. We have to walk devotedly. Amen. We need to, amen. We need to walk a consecrated life, waiting patiently on the Lord, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Ghost. And brother, when we are led by the Holy Spirit and we live a life that is pleasing unto God, then the promise comes, amen, in his time when he desires for us to receive it. Amen. When God declares that I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He wasn't, he wasn't just telling us a lie. He wasn't just fibbing to us. He said, he said that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it, shall he not do it? Hath he spoken it, and shall he not make it good? When God says, I'm going to supply all of your needs according to your riches or according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that's everything you need. If you have an emotional need, he said, I'll supply it. If you have a physical need, he said, I am the Lord God that heals you. If you have a financial need, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, good measure, shaking together and running over with men. Give unto your bosom. Amen. God has given us promise after promise. And those promises are filled with potential. But we have to create the environment to receive it. Just like the acorn. Small seed that has the potential to become a tree that is 60 feet high, 40 feet in diameter. It's there, but it's got to have the right kind of environment. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. Put it on a shelf and just leave it there on a, on a shelf and it'll never grow. 
Put it in the right environment. Put it in the ground. Give it water and give it sunshine and watch what happens. It comes to life. It has great potential. Every promise of God's word has great potential. Every promise of God's word has great potential. Amen. And in order for us to tap into that potential and make it a reality, then we need to do some things that are conducive to cause it to become a reality in our life. Does that make sense to you this morning? Amen. Be just. Be devoted. Be consecrated. Learn the lesson of waiting upon God. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, and show you things to come. And then by faith, receive. Sometimes when God fulfills his promises to us, it doesn't look like what we thought. Hello? It, it, sometimes it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. We thought God would fulfill his promise to us in one way, and it looks like something else. That's exactly what happened to the Jewish nation. They were expecting a conquering king, and they got a baby in a manger. And they said, that don't fit into our theological box. And they missed out. They missed out. You understand what I'm saying this morning? Amen. I, I got to close. We're getting past the noon hour here. Amen. Believe God for your miracle. Believe God for your miracle. Live a just and holy life that is pleasing unto the Lord, consecrated and devoted and led by the Spirit and, and led by the Holy Ghost and, and by faith receive what God has promised to each one of us in his word. Bow your heads, please. Musicians, would you please come back this morning? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the potential, the potential miracle in every promise. I thank you this morning, Lord, that your word said that it will not return void. Thank you for the example of Simeon who lived a life of character and holiness, a life that was just and devout, devoted, a life that was yielded and led by the Spirit of God to the point where he could receive revelation. Father, that's what we desire in our lives. That's what we desire in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be just and devoted to have God's approval and walk uprightly in character and integrity, led by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, and through the eyes of faith, see the fulfillment of your promise. I ask, Lord, that you would take the words that we have endeavored to speak here this morning and take it and embed it in the hearts of your children this morning, those that will listen by way of the internet. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would speak to our spirit and help us to turn the potential of your promise into a reality in our heart, in our life. 
that the manifestation of God's precious word would become the reality in our spirit, in our life. In Jesus' name, every head is still bowed, every eye is still closed. Maybe you are here this morning and you love the promises of the Lord, but some of them have not been a reality in your life as of yet. I encourage you this morning, unlock the potential of his promise. Unlock the potential of his promise. Follow the example of Simeon. Follow the conduct, the actions, and the lifestyle of this man of God. And watch God unleash the potential of his promise in your life. Are you here this morning and you would slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, I needed to hear this message this morning. God bless you and you and you and you and you and you and you. God bless the hands that are being lifted this morning. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it. Stand to your feet all over the building this morning. Let me pray with you before we dismiss. Those of you that lifted your hand, let me pray with you today. Heavenly Father, those that lifted their hand before you here in this place this morning, I pray, O oh God, that by your Holy Spirit, you will bring revelation into their heart. Encourage them this morning to follow the actions of this dear man, Simeon. I pray that the potential of your promise would be unlocked by their actions and by their, by their trust and their faith and their honoring you, Lord. Speak to every need. Speak to every heart. Father, by your spirit, I sense that there are physical needs here in this place. I pray that you would heal. I sense that there are financial needs, and I pray that you would abundantly supply every need. I sense, O oh Lord, that there are emotional needs. There is stress and anxiety. And I curse that stress, and I curse that anxiety, and I loose I loose the joy and the anointing of your Holy Spirit to bring peace into hearts and into lives. Let the potential of your promise be unleashed and flood every heart, I pray. And Lord, we will fail not to give you praise for it and fail not to give you the glory for it. We ask it in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Everyone said amen. Go ahead and say something.